This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Welcome to the Tell It Abs It Is podcast, your home for everything Colorado Avalanche on the Hockey Podcast Network. Here's your hosts, Griffin Youngs and Christian Boulay. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Tell It Abs It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Griffin Youngs, joined by Christian Boulay. As always, the season is officially underway and the Abs are officially in the win column. They defeat the Los Angeles Kings 5-2 on the road in their season opener. And they, they look damn good while they did it. For season openers, my expectations can be a little low. This team looks good one game into the season. Dude, I was completely wrong. I have to eat some crumb. I think I said in the podcast they were going to lose like 4-3 in overtime. This game, if it wasn't for just a couple of boneheaded mistakes, they they could have shut them out. The Avs played fantastic in this game, and I thought the depth looked okay, but really what won this game was Nathan McKinnon and Miko ranted it. Yeah, the, the stars carried the load. In this game, as can be expected when you have talent of this caliber. Miko Rantanen with a four-point night. Kale McCarr involved pretty much on every goal, finishes with a two-point night. Nathan McKinnon opens the scoring on the season. And you had your third line come through with the empty net goal right at the end. But this this was all the, the top guys. Rantanen has a point on every goal with a goalie in it. He played out of his mind. All the top guys played out of their minds. And that, that makes up for a lot of mistakes sometimes. Covers up. A couple guys maybe still adjusting to things at the start of the season. Right. And that's that's the part that I'm really excited about because we did talk about the fact that this the second and third line, they have a lot of talent, but it's gonna take time to build chemistry. And I think we saw it with the second line with Rijo, Val, and Lecky. I don't think Val and Lecky were at their best in this game, but I thought near I think it was like three or four minutes into the third period, they had they put together like two or three really good shifts. And I'm hoping they can build on that because if that line works with Rijo, Val, and Lecky, that could be a really dangerous line. Absolutely. I mean, this version of the abs is still very much incomplete. And that is a terrifying thought because that team still looked really good. Even looking outside of McKinnon, Ranton, and McCarr, there was still quite a lot that I liked in this game. Georgiev just has not missed a beat whatsoever. Very underrated part of that game is he faced... 36 shots in total, I believe, in this game. 36 stops 34 of them. Didn't feel like 36 because he just he doesn't blink. He doesn't flinch when they shoot the puck whatsoever. He never looks like he is under 
any sort of pressure at all. And I thought the third line, I thought Wood and Colton, I, I thought they were great, especially Colton on the penalty kill. He looked fantastic. Those two, they're they're a nuisance. They're a problem to play against. I think we both said it. Uh, we both tweeted it. They're they're just organized chaos. That when that line's out there, it is it is like some bulls in a china shop. Like Miles Wood skates with so much anger and speed, and I don't think he knows how to slow down. I I really don't. Ross Colton is going to get under the skin of so many players, and we saw that he he got under. Uh, he got under Philip Deneau, and Deneau gets away with a cheap slash. He ends up getting fined for it, but he's going to get under so many players' skin. And we talked about, I think maybe it was with Evan, where he's going to have to be important on the penalty kill, and Ross Colton looked really, really good on the penalty kill in this game. I thought the penalty kill as a whole looked really, really good. It's hard not to look really good when you go five for five on the penalty kill in this game, a huge reason why the Kings could barely get anything going in this game. I mean, it even strength. I thought it was relatively even for the most part, outside of your give being better than cam Talbot. But I mean, even strength shots, I felt were pretty even play was pretty even, but the abs, they have the better talent and they have the better goalie. And when you, when you have that explosion, like you did in the second period of this game, I mean, there's, there's only so much you can do. That the, like this, the Kings are a good team. Like this is not just like a middle of the of the the standings team that's just gonna maybe make the play. The Kings are going to make the playoffs, and they're gonna be a problem for a lot of teams and win a lot of games this year. And and there were points of this game where they just looked like they were swimming. They they did, and it's. I think that's just the exciting part, like you said, with this Avs team is I don't necessarily think they played that well in this game. They, they they had their moments, but once this team starts getting some chemistry and they figure out how to play with each other, this team's going to be dangerous, man. And if you have what we got from Miko Rantanen last night, all year, 60 goals isn't out of the question for him. No, not in the least bit. He's, ar- he's already getting there. He's got two already. What's he on pace for? What were they saying? The joke was he's on pace for like 382 points or something like that this yeah, year. I mean, at least at least in goals, he's on pace for uh, 164 goals right now in a two-game season. And I, I say he does it. I think so too. I really do. He looked like he looked like he hadn't missed a beat either from the playoffs last year. It, it was crazy how good Miko Ranston looked. I thought Nathan McKinnon, we all kind of thought he was going to play with a pissed off, even more pissed off than he usually did. And he looked like he was pretty pissed off last night. Yeah, quiet three-point night buried behind the fact that Rantanen had four. You forget that, oh, McKinnon just casually had three points in this game. He had the first goal of the season set up by Rantanen and Jonathan Drouin, who gets his first point as an What did you think about Drouin last night? I thought he looked okay up there. I thought he looked okay. I think he looked a little uncomfortable in the defensive zone. I think there's, like everyone, there's going to be a bit of an adjustment period with him. But at least in the offensive zone with the top line, I I thought he looked solid. He chips that puck to Rantanen behind the net who gets it to McKinnon. He picks up the point there. Early returns, if that's how he looks when he's adjusting, he's going to continue to get a lot better. And you love the way that top line looks. Yes. He he looked like he was still trying to get his – he hasn't probably played against a number one D team or played with this type of talent ever since juniors. So he's mostly on the ice with McKinnon, Rantanen, and Kale McCarr. Like those are 
three of the best players. I think three were in the top NHL Network's top 10. So he's playing with three top 10 players. Uh, he's going to eat up points. And I think Jesse may have been onto something. He he could like back stumble his way into 65, 70 points this year. Yeah, I absolutely believe it. I mean, there's definitely a few things you got to iron out. You have to remember this guy's on an under million dollar contract for, you know, might be a reason or two behind that. But the fact that you're already seeing value out of him. So we can, and we can just start with the first period of this game. There was a couple of things where early on, they seemed like they were shaken off a little bit. There was a couple of precarious passes from Miko Rantanen early on, but the second you give those guys any room, Nathan McKinnon just makes them pay. You don't, you don't leave that guy that open. I don't don't really know what you're trying to accomplish, but we'll take it. Yeah, you you don't you don't leave him open. That that's a that's a rookie mistake. And what McKinnon did on that, where he he shoots going the goal, goalie's coming and he shoots it the opposite way, and it was just a perfect shot. He looked really good on this one. He gets his first of the year, and I think we've been saying it for like two or three years, however long we've been doing the show. If he can figure out how to just score like he does in December and January, in October and November, he could have fifty goals because he always is good for forty goals in forty games and. Uh, December or not December, January, February, March. So if he can just start that pace now, we we could see a very, very good season from Nathan McKinnon. Like you said, Miko Ranson on that play. I don't know, even know how he sees McKinnon there. That's just how long have they been playing together now? Seven years. You, you just know at that point that that guy is in positions that he shouldn't be in, that you can make a pass that other people simply can't make. But McKinnon shoots it through Cam Talbot's blocker. The Avs have the early one goal lead their first of the season. And from here on, like this was a surprisingly kind of chippy game from this point on. The Kings, Kevin Fiala shoots the puck into the Avs net after the whistles. Dude, how did he not hear that whistle? Like, come on, man. Like, we all heard the whistle. It's like, not that like the whistle blew and he shot it. It blew. He receives the pass and then shoots. shoots. You heard that. Yeah. You heard that whistle and you're just trying to shoot that puck into the net. He heard that. And Byram, Gerard take offense to it. I believe McDermott was on yeah. the ice for that as well. For, for the entire three minutes he was on the ice in this game. He played in the game. He only played three minutes. We can cover that later. But this game continued to get chippier after that. I think the rest of the first period, there's not a whole bunch else to to cover. No, I just love the fact that it was Gerard and Byram paired up, which I don't think either of us were expecting. I thought they looked okay last night. There's, I mean, there's Byram some... had a rough game. I don't think Byram played his best game, but I thought Sammy G looked phenomenal. Yeah, Sam Gerard. I mean, there was definitely a couple of moments from Gerard that definitely want to work on a little bit. Byram, I think he's, he's still got some stuff to work on. We'll talk about the, the pair of penalties in the third period later because I have some opinions on those as well. But you get to the second period, and this Avs team, it's like we were saying, they have not missed a single beat. Kale McCarr looks better. I'd say you think he looks healthy? I think he looks pretty healthy. I think he looks pretty good. Looks pretty healthy. Abs have a power play early in the second period. Ryan Johansson sets a screen in front of Talbot. McCarr fires it through with a wrist shot right over the glove of Cam Talbot. The Avs have a two-goal lead, and you're feeling good at that point. Miko Rantanen tries to set up Devon Taze on the pass. Taze fans on it, goes off the wall, back to Rantanen. Fakes circling it back up to the point, circles back around, and just snipes in a way that a very few amount of people in this league can do cam talbot's given him way too much space over the shoulder exposing way too much net because 
you're not really supposed to be able to snipe that from that angle. He's defending down low where like a normal person would shoot it, but that's that's Miko Rantanen who just puts it right over top of him. And about 50 seconds later, the Avs are up three to nothing and just absolutely running the Kings out. That goal by Miko Rantanen, I, I tweeted it out. It, we're game one in, and that may be the best goal we see all year. Yeah. Like, that that angle, no, you're not supposed to be able to score from that angle. But then you watch it again, you're like, why is Cam Cam Talbot giving him that much space on the top of the net? Like, you're you're talking about Miko Ranton in here. He he can shoot from anywhere and score from anywhere effortlessly, and goes up three nothing. I did see that. You know what was weird? I noticed in the first two periods of this game, Kale McCarr and Devon Taves were like this close to hitting like three or four cross seam passes to each other, and they were just this far off. And you know, with more time and they figure it out a little bit more, those two are going to connect on a couple and they're going to score a lot of goals this year. Yeah, just like a couple of things early in the season. It's going to take a little bit of time to get some stuff ironed out. But that little bit of explosion from the abs in the second period where you just have your elite talent, the elites of the elite in the NHL. Because at the at the end of the day, looking at McKinnon, Rantanen, and McCarr, I don't think there's a better one, two, three in the NHL even with including the Oilers in that conversation. because I mean, I don't think we should say anything about the Oilers after what happened last night. No, we'll, go, we'll, talk, we'll talk about the Oilers in a little bit, <laughs> and their precarious start to the season for sure. But the Avs just, much like last year, they have so much talent that they're able to cover up so much, which is why they were able to find success, even with how bad last season was. But now that it seems like they have a little bit of help this year with how things are going, and we can talk a little bit about the depth before we start to get into the rest of this second period. I think we talked about the second line a little bit. I didn't love them last night. I thought Lekkinen and Nachushkin, just for some reason, that pairing doesn't seem to work as often as you would think it would. And with Ryan Johansson, I think he's adjusting to a new team and a new style of play. I just I didn't notice him very much outside of the fact that I didn't know who number 12 was for most of the night. <laughs> it, it was... It was interesting because you're right. Lecky and Val should work and they have moments where it works, but most of the time it doesn't. And it should, it should work on paper because that's just two tenacious four checkers. But I think the problem is, is that they're just so similar and that their, yeah. their role on a line is normally I'm the hound. I'm going to go dig out this puck and I'm going to go get it to you. And when you have two guys playing that same role, there's a little bit of hesitation and one of them has to go be the guy receiving that pass. And maybe that's not their best role. Yeah. And I also think they need to be with playmakers to be their most effective offense. Exactly. Neither of them are play drivers and and Brian Johansson, maybe five years ago could have done that. I, I don't think we're expecting Rijo to do that now, but I'm not going to give up on it. Cause I do think that line could work. It, it just needs some time, but it, it wasn't, it wasn't great for the first two periods. I thought in the third period, they, they had a couple shifts where I was like, okay, I, I can see what the vision is. Yeah, it's it seems like they woke up a little bit. Like, they just seemed a little lost in the first 40 minutes of this game. Like, l- less bad, like, it just wasn't their night, and more just like they were still finding themselves right. and trying to get together. The third line, on the other hand, it's one game I know. They look good. They look so good for a third line. I'm not expecting a a ton of offense out of these guys, but Wood and Colton particularly, uh, we are all going to love Ross Colton this season. By the time we get to an end of a four-year contract, this guy is going to be a a fan favorite. Forget that. He's going to have a Colt. 
Yeah, you, you tweeted that last night. I thought it was. Uh, I was you, proud of that. I was very. Yeah, proud. I mean, it was good. It was the ultimate dad joke, and uh, it made me chuckle. But I really like the way Ross Colton plays. He he looked like a natural center out there for the third line. Uh, he was more impressive to me on the penalty kill, and he's just going to be a fucking nuisance to everyone he plays against. And Miles Woods kind of the same way. I think that's another line where it's going to work on paper. You just need to tar and. Uh, Colton and Wood to adjust to each other. I mean, obviously, Wood and uh, Tatar have a little bit of chemistry playing in New Jersey last year, but Miles Wood looked really good. He looked really good, and so did Ross Colton. Tatar wasn't bad. It was just, I think his play style is just so different from those two that you kind of forget he's out there. I, there, there were certain points where I was just kind of asking myself, like, I don't, I didn't notice Thomas Tatar all that much in that game. You're hoping that changes as the season goes on, but at least the other two members of that line, they, they were crushing it out there. And on the penalty kill, especially like Ross Colton, he's always has his stick moving on the ice. He's on there blocking shots. Like he just doesn't give a shit. He's sacrificing his body. Dude, I, I was like, you don't see those types of blocks that he made. I think it was in the first period where he like literally sticks his leg out in game one. <laughs> those are blocks reserved for the Stanley cup playoffs. And he was doing that, and then he had a great – I think it was also in the first period on penalty kill. He batted down a Kopitar Dowdy crossing pass and cleared the puck. He looked great on the penalty kill. thought Miles Wood looked really good. I do think if we get in a pinch, I wouldn't hate Logan O'Connor on that line. That would just be a line of just anger and aggression. But it could be a fun line. Certainly would be a fun line. But, I mean, getting beyond this point in the game, I mean, the Avs – I, the Kings are a good team and there are going to be points in when you're playing a good team where the other team starts to take over from this point on the, you can continue to talk about Ross Colton because Philip Deneau slashed him right in the hand. Like we mentioned, I thought he broke his wrist, dude. Yeah. I was so unbelievably pissed when this happened. I mean, Deneau, they're battling a face off Colton shoves him. So he responds by ax chopping him on the hand, which you don't need to do. And the, well, we can talk about officiating in this game as well. I thought it sucked on both yeah. sides. I thought the officiating in this game was just shit. It's game one for the refs too. But, yeah, they, but I don't I don't know how much excuse you get. They were just making shit calls in this yeah, game. They, they were bad. I, I did not uh I did not miss NHL officiating. I'll say that. I will say I did miss complaining about it. It is fun. It is a good outlet. Uh, the one that I, I think just drives me crazy, dude, is like, I, I think we've talked about it on the show, and it, it happened again last night. The embellishment and a penalty can't be the same thing, right? Especially you know when I mean? it wasn't embellishment, right? When, like you get when you you can't embellish hooking, right? It's not, not really a thing you can do. If you're getting hooked on the ice, you're gonna fall down, right? It's either not a hook and then just embellishment, or it's just a hook and no embellishment. Like right. you, so, it I can't don't, be. It can't I be both. Yeah, so I don't, I don't really understand what we're talking about here then. And I, I'd love to be able to remind you of who committed the penalty, but NHL.com is just such a fucking disaster that you cannot look at anything on this page anymore. It's just completely and utterly broken. But it was Kale McCarr who they called for embellishing on the hook for some reason because they See, were I loved I loved your tweet about it saying like don't be cowards and not give us right. a five on three. If, just don't call it if you're not gonna call us a five on three. 
Right. Like I'd rather you just not even call the entire thing. If you're afraid to give out the five on three, then just let it go. Don't waste right. our time and call the embellishment as well. And like for, for Wes McCauley, who's famous for saying fighting funny, like twice, like four years ago, I don't understand why he stopped doing the voice. Like if, if you're going to be a clown, you might as well juggle. Right. Be a clown, you might as well chuckle. <laughs> what? Yeah, I mean, he's the the bad part is he's probably one of the better officials in the NHL. Is is there good ones? My standards are low. Uh, the one who looks like a five year old boy is pretty good. I can't remember his name. He's funny. He's I forget yeah. his name too. But that's probably yeah, he just looks probably a good thing that I can't remember it off the top. Yeah, but yeah, he's he's interesting. Um, yeah, it, it was just one of those things, man, where I was just like, what what are we doing here? Like, don't call. The embellishment thing pisses me off so much, man. And it was just a it was a rough game for the officials. There were a lot of penalties in this game. If Jared Bednar has a complaint, you're not going to win a lot of games taking five or six penalties in a no, game. That's just not, not going to happen. It's just no. not going to happen. So that'll get cleaned up. You have to imagine with time. I think Drew Ann took an offensive zone penalty, and then did, soft call. Honestly. Yeah, did Miles Wood take a penalty in this game? I don't think he did. I don't think he did. I mean, you had the two penalties from Byram in the the third period of that game. We'll get to that when we get to the third period. But continuing with the second period beyond this point, this was a weird one. You have Josh Manson and Jack Johnson both kind of fall down, create a turnover. And I believe it's Deneau setting up Carl Grundstrom in front of the net to get the Kings on the board. Usually you want your defenseman on your feet. I think that's probably a, a good Dude, Good Josh Manson could not stay on his feet last night. Did you notice he fell like eight times? I, I thought I counted like 15. Yeah, honestly. he was falling all over the place, man. The amount like... of times this guy fell on his ass. And I know he probably has not skated that much recently. The injuries that he had probably did not warrant a lot of ice time over the last little while. So I imagine, I certainly hope this is not going to be the case for, for further on during this season. But the the later we get... I imagine he's going to get a lot more comfortable in his own skates again, but he was tumbling last night. And this, the ice was not great last night. No, it wasn't great, but it was just kind of funny just watching a professional who's already better than I am at pretty much everything in life, not being able to skate. That made me chuckle. Um, I, (laughs) it goes back to the point, man, with Jack Johnson. I don't think Jack was bad. It's just, he's, he's, he's old man. Like he can't move like he used to. The, The Kings were matchup hunting in this game. I mean, when you have a, a lineup as talented as the Avs is, having Jack Johnson as a six, especially on the road, is when you're going to have Todd McClellan going and putting his talent out there against Jack Johnson because there's there's going to be times like this where he just falls down and loses it. And, mo- I mean, most of the night for Jack Johnson was spent playing against Anze Kopitar and Pierre-Luc Dubois in this game, who we will talk oh, about. Whoa, whoa, bro, Pierre Dubois. When did that become? That's such a douche, bro. Such a douche. Is that in his request? Like, did he say he want? Okay, bro, you didn't hear them over the twenty-minute dick-sucking fest of PL Dubois last night by the my eyes. My eyes glazed over anytime they started talking about him. Dude, it it was crazy, man. That's all they could talk about was him. Um, Yeah, I'm not calling him PL Dubois. That's your your name's Pierre Luc Dubois. I'm gonna call you that. Yeah, fuck off, dude. Um, But yeah, I mean Jack Johnson. He he was. He was getting matchup hunted. I, I like. I don't think he's bad. I just think he's old, man. Like I, I think he could be a valuable seventh defenseman. If you're expecting Jack Johnson to go out there and play 82 games, that's just not. It's not going right. to work. 
And we know we talked last episode about how the Av need to go and make a move, and they did. They trade for Caleb Jones. We'll talk about that much more after the game. Just felt like that was a worthy inclusion to this conversation that the Avs did go out and make the move that honestly I wanted them to go and make two months ago with Caleb Jones, and somehow they managed to to swing that with the Hurricanes to go and bring him over when he's already on the AHL teams. Right. Just you're already here. You might as well play for us, actually. But even still, you move beyond past this goal. I thought the Avs were a little on on the back foot for the rest of this period but you're getting down to the final moments we'll get to the the fight and everything in a second i just want to cover all the goals first before we get to all the scrums and everything you're getting down to the final seconds you feel like you're about to escape this period with a a two-goal lead because of that explosion you had early on i'm typing out a tweet being like well you didn't give up the second goal that's a big improvement on last season there's the weird icing thing with 10 seconds left weird call to even call that icing i don't know why they called it icing and had to blow the play dead it was clearly not icing clearly Clearly. not icing this is like this is what i'm talking about with the officiating clearly was not icing and one of the the few times you don't want it to be icing right in this situation two guys back and the kings had no one in the zone right we're now at this point they're gonna put the play at center ice with 10 seconds left you know and what are the kings gonna do with 10 seconds left in this period christian belay i ask you that well apparently the avs have a set play with nathan mckinnon and jonathan drewan and the problem with them running that play is they don't have the puck and the kings get possession of the play and kale mccarr who had a great game was lazy on this play There's 10 seconds left in the period. He did not expect anything to come of this play. If he is playing 70%, nothing comes of this play. But ultimately, you get the Kings to to shovel this towards the net. I believe it was Kopitar shoveled it towards the net and goes off of Byfield, goes off of Makar, and ends up in the net with five seconds to go in the period and all of a sudden makes it a one-goal game. Dude, the the backspin that Anze Kopitar put on that puck was insane. Well, I, I think Jorgiev was trying to bat it into the corner, but with the spin, it just bounced and died right off of his blocker, right to the Kings player. Hilarious bad luck yeah. on this goal. A mixture of a terrible icing call, uh, the worst thing happening when you're trying to run a set play, you do not get the puck whatsoever. The best defenseman in the world just has a, a break for five seconds, and your goalie can't bat the puck into the corner, and it just so happens to bounce in your net with five seconds to go. Just a comedy of of errors and bad luck. And what do you do? Shake it off, man. Shake it off. Like it, it was, it was a very funny way, but like I said, this call could have been avoided if the fucking ref just doesn't miss that call on the icing and you can just clear the puck down, but who cares? This would have pissed me off a lot more if we didn't win the game. Yeah. If we didn't, if we actually blew this lead, that would have been a much bigger deal. But as we'll get to the third period in a moment, obviously did not happen, but there also was a little more chaos that happened in the second period of this game. So after the Kings take the three one lead in this game, was this this was after the three one goal, right? Yes. Yes. So you have Freddie Olofsson who's moving this puck past center ice and Pierre Luc Dubois clear as day sticks his leg out i mean there's no this was a mistake this was no accidental collision he sticks his leg out to try to stop freddie olofsson connects with his shin thankfully and thankfully olofsson is not hurt and this starts a massive scrum on the ice mcdermott's out there i believe was gerard out there again or was it 
I think he might. Regardless, regardless, doesn't matter. It's Logan O'Connor fighting rookie Alex Lefrere, I believe is how you pronounce this name. They get in a scuffle. It's his first NHL game, apparently his first ever fight. And because Lafreyre throws him down to the ground, everyone's parading this as he won the fight. O'Connor fed him punches for like 10 seconds. I'm not going to go out there and buy that, but it's a weirdly broadcasted game. Like they, they showed this takedown like 15 times Dude. to the point where it was just like, okay, cool. Dude, the whole broadcast was just cocksucking the LA Kings, man. It was crazy. Which is weird because the Kings are not like in the same category. I would think is like the Rangers or like these huge no. teams. Like, yeah, they're Los Angeles, but they're not like a huge draw. Right. Like, it's like, this is crazy. And like, no one talked about the fact that that knee that Pierre Luc Dubois gave was dirty as fuck. Like that, that was that was clearly a dirty play with intent to injure. And they put it he, on a highlight pack. Yeah, five minutes later. Right, right. Like it was just crazy, man. And I get it. He's the he's the new arrival and probably the biggest move of the summer. But holy shit, man, this dude is not a good hockey player. He's the most mediocre middle six four, like top six forward you could say, man. Like. He's not great. It's going to be an overpayment for the Kings when they're four years in that deal. I'm like, oh, shit, we're paying Pierre-Luc Dubois how much money? And he's but produced he's 120 points over four money years. To, to play 20 minutes as a center and be a minus two in yeah. this game. It was just he – had, he had a bad night as much as they wanted to highlight. I loved that highlight pack they made of him because it was him, like, laying a hit, I guess. like I don't even remember who it was, bumping someone down the ice him like loosely poking at a rebound from a distance with one hand and then just a flagrant attempt to dismember another human being, like just clear as day. When did we think that he was a good, like why do people think he is this great top line forward? He's not. I don't know. Like he, I think, I think he's a solid second line center. Like yes, I, I agree, I, but I am we, second line center. I don't know where like Pierre-Luc Dubois is like elite comes from. I've never, I've never understood it. No, he literally quit in Columbus. He sucked in Winnipeg, and he's gonna be okay in fucking. He'll be okay. Yeah, he's gonna be okay for the next eight years in Los Angeles. As what they pay him like seven million a year? I think it's I think it's way more than that. Actually, I don't even remember what his contract was, but it is bloated. It is eight and a half till two thousand and thirty-one. Call me biased, but I'd rather pay Nazem Kadri that much money. Probably, yeah, at least you like Kadri. Right. Like, the dude just is – he's it's crazy, man. And then that rookie. I get it's a rookie making their NHL debut. Do we have to show his family every fucking five yeah. seconds, man? If you're going to show the fight, don't edit out the first 20 seconds of it right. where he's getting fed punches and only have the part where he does the judo takedown. I got to say – I don't, I've never liked the judo throw takedown in hockey. If you're going to take someone down because you're stronger than them, go right for it. But like, th- this is not a padded judo mat. This is ice and you're wearing skates. Like it's, right. it's not the same thing. I don't know that, that, that takedown always rubs me the wrong way. Cause I feel like you are one bad move away from that being a horrible injury. Yeah. Breaking knocked out. Like it, it was, I don't know. That, that whole fight was just the whole broadcast was annoying. And like we're, I like we're, Brian. we're so we're so back, aren't we? It's one yeah. game in the season. Officiating sucks. Broadcast is against us. I mean, we're checking every single box because right. I like the play-by-play guy. I forget his name. Oh yeah, Brandon Brandon Burke is awesome. Brandon Burke. I almost said yeah. Brian Burke, and I was like, that's not him. Um, 
I like Brandon Burke. Darren Pang doesn't he he's not bad. Um, and why am I blanking on the girl's name or the lady's name? I like her. She's she's sometimes on Hockey Night in Canada and she does a really good job. Jennifer Morrill, maybe. Bottom. Yeah, I think that was her. I like her. Yeah. She's usually pretty good. But holy shit, did they have an agenda for this game with the LA Kings? It was crazy. I, is it that they're just tired of talking about the Avs and how like, good our top line is? Because it's like we know at a certain yeah, but, point how, how many game stories can you build around McKinnon, McCarr, and Ranson being good? And like, yep, still good. Still, like, still here's really the thing, good. Like, Kale McCarr was the cover athlete for NHL 24. You could have spent like a time doing something with they that. Mentioned it. They they mentioned it passively once. Right. Like, I don't time. know, man. It was just it was just fr- like not frustrating, but it was just like, why are we talking about the Kings like they won the cup last year? Like it, it's. They're a good team. They're a playoff team, but the Avs are by far the better team. And we didn't even talk about the fact that Mikko Rantanen had four points in the night. Drew <laughs> Doughty was the third star. Right. <laughs> okay, sure, whatever, yeah. Los Angeles. But anyway, before we spend another 10 minutes complaining about more more broadcast stuff, you get to the third period, you're feeling a little nervous, honestly. Oh, yeah. You're up three to nothing. I know it's the preseason earlier, but the Avs did blow a three nothing lead to Vegas in a pretty heated preseason game. And the Avs had a few positions last year, and some of them against this Kings team, where they could not hold on to their leads. You're feeling a little nervous, and then you get out there pretty early. I thought the Avs looked strong to start the third period. They're getting some chances. Bo Byram hits Phil Deneau into the boards, sends himself to the box. This hit I did not like. I thought this was a little reckless. They did call it cross-checking, though, instead of boarding, which I thought was interesting. I yeah. That was a pretty clear board. That one was reckless, but the Avs survive it. He comes out of the box and he hits Adrian Kempe. And this one they call boarding. This is where I disagree. That was a weight room check. That is you. I'm stronger than you. And I just shoulder checked you into the boards using your shoulders. There's, there was no numbers involved there. That is an I'm stronger than you hit. Yeah. And it looked a lot worse in person than it probably actually was. Yeah. <laughs> like watching it live, you were like, oh. And then you watch Rupert and you're like, oh, that wasn't that bad. <laughs> that was just a good yeah. hockey game. Yeah, it, it looked bad because he he gets smushed through his shoulders. And after being smushed, his body then turns into the board after Byram is no longer hitting him. So it looks like he just got boarded in the numbers. I understand the optical illusion there, but that's that's a pretty clean hit for a, hitting someone in the boards. You can't do it much better than that. Yeah, it, it, was, it was weird to see Bo being this physical, but I, I thought – the first one, yeah, it was bad. That was just a dumb penalty to take, and it's a dangerous hit to lay. And the second one, at first I was like, God damn it, but you did it again. But then the, you watch repair, and you're like, okay, that actually wasn't. Like, okay, okay, it's just the refs m- misunderstood what happened right. on this play. Right. And Byron, Byron looked a little pissed. I mean, we can talk about it. It wasn't his best night, no. I would say. He looked frustrated. He looked like he was just trying to find his footing. I, ch- I chalk that up to still early season adjustments and everything, and – I didn't think they were awful in this game, but I I just don't think the Gerard Byron pair works. It's I don't think it's going to be something you can rely on in big situations, and you're going to have to split it up. Someone's going to have to play with Jack Johnson because the Manson and Jack Johnson pair was not great either. There's going to have to be some sacrifice from somebody at some point. Yeah, I just think they wanted to see because Gerard was great all camp and all preseason, so it's like maybe we give him a chance. And I think while Manson's still working back, and getting into game shape before he goes out there and plays those big minutes with Byram. I think that's what's going to happen, but it's, it's just one of those pairings that 
again, you would think works on paper, but the their play styles are just so different. And I think it hampers both of them in a way. Yeah. Uh, well, they're too similar. Excuse me. Their play styles are too similar. They both want to be offensive and push the pace, but someone has to be back and be responsible. Someone has to be, and neither of them want to do it. Yeah. And I think and just, both agree. I, I think the problem is playing Byram on his offside. Right. Where I I just he doesn't look comfortable when he does. I think Gerard's okay on the left and he's fine with that. But I think maybe if you swap them and you play Gerard on his offhand, maybe that would be better. Because I just Byram just does not look comfortable when when you put him on his opposite hand. I think it would just be better. At very least, if you're gonna play these two together, if you just swapped them. Right. I don't know. I mean, it's it's one of those things where I just think you don't get the best from either player if they're playing together. If right. you separate them, that's when we'll see the best versions of them. And Sam Gerrard was laying some hits in this game. I thought Sam Gerrard looked pretty good. Sam Gerrard was in the middle of a couple of those scuffles in yeah. this game. I mean, he he was mixing it up out there. But I think just getting back to your point, these are guys that need partners. And I think with Josh Manson is back to 100% and playing full speed again, either one is going to benefit from having him as their partner and one of the other ones going to go down to play with Jack or Caleb Jones eventually if they do end up putting Caleb Jones in the lineup we'll get to him still soon but there's still work to be done i think and this was not Byron's best game i thought Gerard was fine he had a couple of mistakes that's going to have all the, the Gerard people out there be like see sucks bad can't do it trade him for the fifth straight season like I'm, I'm not gonna have any of these conversations this year. I'm so unbelievably done with this conversation. We're not Until he's done. actually traded, I, I don't think we honestly should talk about I'm, it. Like I will make this promise this season, unless there's an actual reason to talk about it, I'm going to kibosh any Sam Gerard trade thing until the off season. Like Love if it. we have any conversation about it at all, I'm gonna say, and we're stopping it there, yeah. and we're gonna move on to a different topic. Love it. I'm down for it. Hey everybody, hope you've been enjoying this episode so far, interrupting to bring you a word from our sponsor at DraftKings Sportsbook. Football is back in full swing with another week of epic games, and who's got you covered on the action for every single one of them? DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet $5 on football and get $200 instantly in bonus bets when you sign up. Best of all, nobody's going to be missing out on any of the actions this season because all DraftKings customers can take advantage of two new offers every single game day this September. So what are you waiting for? Get in on the NFL Week 2 action with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use code THPN to sign up. New customers can bet just $5 and take home 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. The crown is yours. Now, back to the episode. You survive those two penalty kills. Penalty kill just looked real great in this game. They kill five penalties. And one of the differences in this game that separates this team from last year is the goal that gave them some room. Yeah, they gave up two straight goals being up 3-0. You get the goal from Miko Rantanen on the deflection that puts you up 4-2 on the deflection of a Jack Johnson shot, so it really does kind of kibosh any bad things he did in this game. Got a primary point. But you get the goal from Rantanen that puts you up by two, and the game felt over after that. There was plenty of time left, but one of the things this team could not do last season that ended with them blowing a couple leads was they never gave themselves enough space. They didn't get that goal that they needed to give themselves some breathing room. Yeah, and they can't – if they're playing five-on-five, five, this team's solid. But the, the penalty kill was was good. That helped. 
And then that, that Miko ran to deflection to give them the, the four, two lead. I was still a little nervous. I think once we got under like eight minutes, I was like, okay, I don't think the Kings are going to mount much here, but it was, I was having flashbacks of last year. I mean, even in the preseason, we blew a three goal lead. It's like, are we really about to do this again? Like, are we really about to blow another three goal lead when we've looked so good, but they, they battened down the hatches. Georgiev was not, he may have been outside of ranching and the best player on the ice for the abs. I honestly, I will go out and say that, that Georgiev was the best player on the ice in this game. I know Ranton had four points, but Georgiev being as calm as he was, I mean, there was a couple of chances that are dangerous, but he just makes them look so casual so that yeah. you forget that that's a very dangerous scoring chance from very good NHL players. He is such a calming presence for everybody that I think he opens the space for Miko Rantanen right. to go out there and score four points and be involved in everything, knowing that he has a good enough goalie back there that he can just go and do his thing. And it's it's incredibly comforting to see Georgiev be as good as he is right now and that you don't have to worry one game into the season that last year was a fluke, unlike a couple of teams that we may talk about here in a minute. Yeah, no, I mean, he, he looked great. He he was the best penalty killer on the ice last night. He was the best. He was just phenomenal. And I really hope he can continue it for another year. I think he will. All the signs show that he's going to be able to be fine. Like, you, you don't look back on last year and be like, oh, that was a fluke. Like, all the stats kind of indicate, like, th- yeah. this was trending. That, that was really the thing where it's just like, it makes sense that he's good. He loves these kind of situations. And mentally for this season, it's a little different because there's no Frankie to to back him up to start the season. And we'll see how long it's going to be. Timeline as of right now is indefinite, Definite. which is a very concerning word to hear. But mentally, he had that kind of backup with Frankie last season. It took I, I took like a game or two for him to get it under him. He's just kicking it right off this year. Like he does not look the least bit uncomfortable. He'll be. I still wouldn't like for him to play more than like fifty five games. But I think I he think I think at this point we're I think we're past that. He's. Gonna, I know, he's but it's like I. That. I just have like that mental block in my brain where it's like, he's gonna fall off. He he needs to he's got to be prepared for the 16 games, maybe 20 games in the playoffs that he's going to have to play. I, that just worries me. I would love for him to be around 55 games, but I think the all honesty, he'll probably play like 62. Probably going to maybe a little less than last year. Yeah. I would imagine, honestly, but even just continuing on this game, we can get back to Georgiev later. The, the third period was the Avs best period yes. of this game, which is exactly what you want to see. We've seen several instances in the past, especially last season where this team turtles, going into the third period with a lead, or if they've scored late or they got scored on late in the second, they just kind of dream walk their way through the third. That was not the case. Yeah, but you had those two penalties by Byron, but the penalty kill shut the door. And after that, you get the goal from Rantanen, and they still didn't turtle after this. They were not satisfied. They did not give the Kings a lot to work with. This was the only period of the game that they did not get outshot in, and they outshot the Kings in this period 14-6 to to finish the game with the lead in total shots. And... This was the kind of thing where you, if there's a main positive thing you want to take away, it's how they they locked it down when they needed to. They made a dumb mistake. Dumb mistakes are going to happen over the course of an 82-game season, even in game one. It ended up in the back of their net. And it's probably like, you, you don't want to give up those goals late in the period. It's probably good that they did at that. If you're going to give up that goal, it's probably... Wait, you back up. You gotta, it's probably best that it happened with five seconds left because now you've got 20 minutes to get over it before you go and get back on the ice out there. And they, they looked like they wanted to go and get that back. And I was really happy 
with the third period from them. I was too. I, I thought they played very well uh, and agree. It was their best period. It was also like once Miko scored, I kind of relaxed a little bit more, but we should be good. And then Ross Colton gets, or not Ross Colton, uh, the third line finally gets rewarded. They get the uh, empty net goal to give the abs a 5-2 lead, and then truly the game was over after that. Yeah, the Kings pull the goalie with a little under five minutes to play. Immediately the puck goes down the other end, and Ross Colton diving for that puck, digs it perfectly to Miles Wood. He puts it in the empty net. His first goal is an av. Ross Colton's first point is an av. Those two deserved it. Tatar gets a secondary assist as well. His first point is an av. But that third line, you could not have asked for a better ending to that game than for those guys to get rewarded and good for them as well. Cause now Jared Bednar is going to put them on those situations a lot more. Those two wooden Colton, they're going to earn himself in Jared Bednar's good graces very quickly. They're yes. going to be put out there in a lot of important situations. Yeah. Just cause they're, pe- they're, they're Jared Bednar type players. Oh, there's so- like Ross Colton might not have been an Av until right now, but he was born an Av, if yeah. that makes sense. He is such a perfect fit for this team. He was just wearing the wrong jersey for all these years. I think Tampa misses him. That's one of those ones I think that they wish they could have kept him over Janelle. Well, I don't think that. Well, I mean, they signed Janelle right after that as well. But, I mean, yeah. I think Colton at four was a little more than they could afford. But right. just for the Avs and what they're trying to do, that third line, it, like th- this is not – this is not Dennis Mulgan, Alex Newhook anymore. Shout out to Alex Newhook, though. He had two goals last night. Words coming out of my mouth. Alex Newhook, two-goal night in the 6-5 shootout loss to Toronto for an opening night for the Habs. Good for him. This is what the Habs need more. Yes. This kind of play from Ross Colton just serves them way better than what Newhook was bringing them the last two seasons. This is the kind of thing, when you are getting get down to the trenches of this season, you're getting to... You're not even halfway through. It's game 35. You got so long to go. Guys like Ross Colton are going to be super important. But more importantly, when you're getting to the trenches of a playoff series, and this is what this team was missing last year in games four and five, when the nitty gritty really gets tough and people are hurt, Ross Colton's going to be one of those guys just in the fucking trenches, digging out those pucks, drawing fire, blocking shots just being in the right place at the right time and just getting you what you need. I know it's one game in, but this was so refreshing to see because they didn't have this last year. They never had it last year. And now they finally do. And well, they had it with Cogliano and O'Connor. The problem was, is they're a good fourth line. They aren't a good playing above their station to your point. Like, yeah, those guys do that. They don't do it as effectively as, as Ross Colton does with the true, genuine threat to score i mean it was pretty funny in this game we can talk about freddie olsen for a second he's obviously still adjusting because he has not learned yet you don't pass to logan o'connor in a two-on-one <laughs> you just don't you're not going to do that you're better off shooting that yourself did, i love did you hear what tnt said about o'connor at one point they were like he's got a wicked wrist shot and i was like yeah but he misses the net every time <laughs> yeah it's, it's a wicked wrist shot if you expanded the net to the size of a school bus <laughs> I laughed when they said that. I was like, oh, man, you guys do not watch a lot of Avs games. Logan O'Connor is a great player. If it was a soccer net, yeah, Yeah. he'd be a sniper. Yeah, Logan O'Connor is a great great Avs player in the fact of he knows his job, he does the dirty work, and that's how he's going to stick around the NHL. He is not a goal scorer. He's not. And uh, I thought that was funny. But, yeah, I mean, the fourth line, I, I don't really know, man. Like, I love Curtis McDermott. He played three minutes. 
I get it. It was his former team. Maybe that's why he played. But I, at the same time, I just think Jared Bednar kind of hates his fourth line. Here's my thing with this. Freddie Olofsson played about nine-ish minutes in this game, I want to say. He played about nine minutes. Logan O'Connor played 10. Curtis McDermott barely played over three minutes in this game. Andrew Cogliano did not play. I We kind of assumed he wouldn't, just with the maybe the comments about the neck injury, why rush it or anything. Curtis McDermott played three minutes in this game. And in his time on the ice, we mentioned two scrums in this game. They both happened when he was actively out there and on the ice. Here's the thing. I'm going to back Curtis on this one. I don't think anyone wants to fight Curtis McDermott. But they certainly seem to not be afraid to do stupid shit when Curtis is is on the ice. Yeah, but they also know if he does anything that he'll get drawn. Like, it's it's a double-edged sword. But that's the thing. Yeah. Then why are we doing this? You Mm. know, like, because... I do want Curtis McDermott to succeed. I think there is a purpose to a Curtis McDermott-like player at a certain point. But when you're playing a guy three minutes a game against his former team and he takes a penalty in a scrum and everything, you know, not a huge deal. Not gonna, he didn't put himself in the box for something dumb. But it's not actually deterring anything. Then you you got to ask yourself at a certain point, why are we doing this? If, like, if you're going to put Riley Tufty out there for six, seven minutes, is that not more valuable at a certain point? Like, it's just, this guy does take up cap space. Yeah. It's one of those things. It's interesting. I can see why people get mad about it. I'm obviously not the person you want to talk to about it because I will I will defend my guy till the end. And I, but- like, I do like Curtis McDermott. I do want him to succeed but there is a very clear indication that the coaching staff does not trust him to be on the ice. He played three minutes in this game. Everyone, the next closest guy played triple that. I don't know. Like, it's just it's interesting. I wouldn't be surprised if Tufty gets a look in uh, San Jose. If I would, was not ready. I wouldn't be surprised either. It's just, but you like, you'll like that fourth line when it's O'Connor, uh, Olsen and Cogliano. Yeah, I, I, like I, didn't, I didn't hate the fourth line in this game because Curtis didn't play on it for the most part. It, for certain points, it was mainly just Wood playing with the fourth line. I thought, I mean, Olafson, pretty much everything he did in this game, you might be able to review and be like, here's what you can do better. Fringe player, you're not asking for a ton from him. I thought Logan O'Connor, he got in the fight, he brought the energy, not going to be a guy you expect to bang pucks in, did a solid job on the penalty kill, had a very Logan O'Connor night. Yes. I, I will like that for like when Logan O'Connor and Andrew Cogliano are back in their fourth line roles, they'll be great again. Like once this team gets rolling, if we ever do get the opportunity to have a fully healthy team on the ice this year, and as a full caveat to if we ever get a fully healthy team here, because it's already not, already not in game one with no Cogliano. But if that's ever the case, Wood and Colton and Tatar backed up with a fourth line of Cogliano, Olofsson, and O'Connor, like that is just such a genuine pain to be playing against at all times. Like no wonder you're going to have the stars going off. Cause everyone's just going to be so pissed having to deal with these guys. Yeah. But overall good game one. Uh, we already kind of did the preview for the San Jose game. Cause we were idiots. And we yeah, I honestly, that time. was my fault because I just forgot. Yeah. So did I on Sundays anymore. Yeah. So did I. So, um, so yeah, you, you can go back and listen to uh, the episode earlier this week to hear a preview on that. Um, the abs are going to win. We'll keep it so the abs are going to win by a lot because the sharks stink. And yeah, we'll we'll go from there.
Yeah. But uh, before we before we talk about anything else with the Sharks game or this Kings game, I do want to talk about the trade that happened the day this episode released, where we talked about Caleb Jones last episode and how the the, the Hurricanes had loaned him to the Colorado Eagles and the AHL for him to just play there. And we said, like, we're just kind of doing them a favor right now because they don't have an AHL team like a lot of a lot of teams are doing with the Hurricanes right now. And like I said, I've been kind of wanting Caleb Jones on this team for the last little bit. I've been calling for them to sign him when he was available. He goes to Carolina on a PTO and clears waivers ultimately. But turns out he's an Av now anyway, because the Avs, they made a trade for him, trading Callahan Burke to the Hurricanes for Caleb Jones. So now Caleb Jones, 26 years old is going to start the season with the Eagles because he already cleared waivers. You don't have to put him back on waivers or anything, so you don't have to rush to call him up. I imagine this is going to be a guy, by the time you get towards the end of the season, is probably in the 60 slot more than Jack Johnson. I'm going to say he will be the 60. Yeah. See, he, I think, he, he I just think gets people the place seeing, more. Yeah. I think people are seeing this as like, oh, he's just bona fide six. It's, I, let me tell you, it is going to be a rotation between yes. him and Jack Johnson. They are going to alternate spots at 60 assuming everybody is healthy of course you have to make that caveat with this team but i am a big fan of this move for obvious reasons caleb jones has been on a pretty terrible blackhawks team for the last couple of years he's the brother of seth jones the younger brother of seth jones and last year i thought he was fine on a season where we saw jack johnson on in the blackhawks get absolutely torched jack johnson was one of the worst defensemen in the league Caleb Jones, I thought for the most part, was able to tread water. And that is a ringing endorsement for defense on the Chicago Blackhawks. I think if you can bring him in here and find a way to just give him some minutes, I think you might be able to squeeze some value out of this. I think this is a solid 670 option that allows you to not be icing Jack Johnson every single night. Right. And you add that on top of Brad Hunt, you actually have some quality defense men in your in your lineup now this this team needed a move like this badly it's why we were so confused that they hadn't made a move like this well Uh, i I saw something and it may have been megan from dmvr who said something that they they had to wait because they had to do like a contract swap they couldn't take on any more contracts so they had to have one come in and one go out so maybe that's why they waited they couldn't pick up someone on waivers after they picked up the goalie yeah, that would make sense. I mean, did the Hurricane? I thought the Hurricanes they signed him. Did I don't recall ever seeing him them sign after the PTO? So maybe could, that's what. Well, happened. he probably he had to if he was going to go down to the HL squad. Well, that that's what I mean. Like I I just don't remember seeing that from Caleb Jones that he had signed a deal. It probably got buried underneath a bunch of other notifications because I don't think Elliot Friedman's even going to waste the time tweeting that out. But yeah, he signed. Was it August? Because Cap Friendly said he signed August 10th. That does not make any sense. That's yeah. probably when he signed the PTO, or did right. they just sign him to the deal then? Did he ever sign a PTO, or am I making that up? I could have sworn he was a P. No, he may have signed a deal. I think you're right. I'm, now that I'm now that I'm thinking about it, I don't think he ever signed a PTO at all. Yeah. I think they just signed him outright. Yeah, I think they signed him to a deal. Okay. But that I, makes okay, that makes a lot more sense then. Yeah. So they had to go through like they had to have one contract go in and one go out. So that's what they were waiting for. And talk about awkward, like. Callahan Burke, like he was the kid out of Notre Dame, right? I believe so. He played yeah. a couple games for us last year. 
It's just how awkward is that that the guy you got traded for you have to just share a locker room with now? <laughs> oh yeah, because because the Hurricanes don't have right. So he's just gonna right, here. right. Like so how awkward awful. is that? That's like, hey, so dude, funny. Got, can I live in your place in uh, Carolina? Well, that's that's got to be so much more awkward than yeah. being Caleb Jones and still being Hurricanes property. Is right. like for for Callahan, nothing changes. He's yeah. still here. He's still with the Eagles. It's just now if he's gonna play in the NHL. He's going to Carolina instead. That that's, like that is once in a lifetime awkward stuff. Yes. I don't even think he's gonna feel awkward about Caleb Jones being there. He's just like, I don't even work here anymore. Yeah. You guys don't pay me, right? So super weird. But uh, I think we're both agree. Like it's a good move. It's a move they had to make, and you yeah, feel and a lot better about the rotation of defensemen coming in because there will be injuries. It's inevitable. At least you have some guys in, in Caleb Jones and Brad Hunt who played NHL games last year. So yeah, and and with Callahan Burke, I mean, there was not much hope that this guy was going to be much at the NHL level. It's really, really solid AHL player over the yeah. last couple of seasons. He had 39 points in 70 games with the Eagles last year. Got two games with the Avs last year. Like many, the Avs are just so loaded at forward. It, it's it's tough for him to make the line, especially yeah. with the guys that they had. To, you have Oscar Olauson, you had Kiviranta, and who else agreed to sign the the sign with the Eagles? It was Kiviranta and then one other player did. Holland? It might have been well, it was Peter Holland, but who was the other guy that they had on a PTO who they were still waiting to hear from? Oh, Cozen. Cozen. Yeah, he hasn't said anything, but uh Kiviranta and uh and uh Peter Holland both agreed that they're gonna spend time with the Eagles. So that's another win for the Avs organization, in my opinion, too. So it, it's there's a lot of forwards in the abs, so maybe for Callahan Burke, this isn't the worst thing in the world. Yeah, I mean, also doesn't help that I don't think it's much better in Carolina for him. Either. Yeah, true. He's true. also 20, he's also 26. This is not a kid yeah. anymore. This is not a guy who's like, oh, give me two, three years, I'll make the NHL. Solid AHL player. I don't think the abs are going to be shedding any tears about it because they're not shedding tears. He's still on the Eagles. <laughs> they, he's still going to be contributing to the eagles which is going to be great like I, I do not mean this disparagingly against callahan burke but they did not give up anything in this trade callahan burke is still serving his purpose in the organization and playing with the eagles yes and yes. now they just have caleb jones doing that too and probably i would imagine before long he's going to be up with the main squad i agree i agree but good solid work of business for the abs um and we're good to go we're good yeah. to go. So, so let's let's talk about the rest of the NHL because it was opening night. Yeah. Before um, before we do that, now that we've seen the first game against the Kings, are you changing your prediction against the Sharks? No, I think they win. I think I said six to two. I'm gonna stick with six to two. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna stick with four to one. Honestly, like, the Sharks know, are terrible, man. I know that. I know they're terrible, but like you, four goals is still a lot. You know, putting five on the Kings is impressive because they're not going to give up that many goals a lot, and you know. Fine. I think I think you're going to see probably Branson's have another goal. I think you're probably going to get another goal from a depth guy. You're just going to put this game out of reach four to one, maybe five to one even. But we don't need to spend any time yeah. on this game because there's far more hilarious things to talk about in the NHL through the first three games. I think we're both just itching to talk about. So we're going to talk about. Well, no, no, no. I want to talk first about how ugly the Vegas Golden Knights championship banner is. But doesn't it suit them? Yeah, it does. It does. It, it, it was ugly. a cool ceremony. I will give him that. That was cool. It was very cheesy, 
But it was I cool. did not watch it. I will be oh. completely honest. I did not. I saw the banner for five seconds on Twitter. And I was like, that thing looks tacky and it's perfect for them. Yeah. Did you see the game time on that? That I think the, the oh, yeah. guys tweeted it out. It said that game was supposed to start at like eight and it didn't start till like nine. Yeah. Like my time, it was supposed to start, I think, 1030 or 10. It didn't start to like 915. It didn't start till 1117 for me. Yeah. Like that, that's crazy. If I'm a Kraken fan, that pisses me off so much. And it was the same thing on last night. Like the, the Bruins and Blackhawks game actually ended on time. Like there was no reason. There was zero reason for the Avs game to start at 1030 Eastern time. Literally none. And if it is, don't lie to me and say it's on at 10. This is, did we we need to have 10 minutes of a post game show? Like, no, let's just go straight into the game. But like, regardless, we're gonna get off topic if we go about that. But okay, I, 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 I just have to, I just have to do it once because this is the one thing that bends me out of shape. Is like I get it. intros, pregame stuff. Right. You got, you got to cover your responsibilities as a national broadcaster. Don't lie to me and it tell, tell me, me it's ten. Tell me it's ten thirty. That's fine. It, it was technically ten twenty-seven when the puck dropped. I will eat the extra three minutes if it's you actually are telling me the truth. Because I hate when you say it's at 10 and you drop the puck at 10.15. I also love the fact that we found out it was going to drop at uh, 8.27 at like 4 p.m. Right. <laughs> we found that out at 8 p.m. Just, just change the time to say 10.30. The game does not start until 10.30. In the NFL, I love it because kickoffs at 1, they're kicking the ball off at yes. 1 o'clock. At baseball, they are straight up honest with you. They're saying first pitch is 707. They're specific. In hockey, is like, yeah, it might be 705. Might also, be might 745. Be might be 745. We might not drop the puck on this game at all. I don't know. It just like, just don't lie. I don't care if you're doing stuff. Just tell me when the game is. Do not tell me it's 30 minutes before the puck drops. But that's yeah. it. I will leave it at that. Yeah. But other than that, that opening night was kind of boring. Um, Bedard and the Blackhawks surprised the Penguins, which is very funny. I'm sure you love that. It was very funny uh, because the, they just picked up right where they left off. This is exactly how the Penguins season ended correct. last year. Correct. And, and also, like, did you find it just so cheesy what they were doing on opening night with the yeah, refs just giving them an open mic? last year, and everyone it's, hated it. And they did so it again cheesy. this year, and they did it in all three games. It's so cheesy. Sid, welcome back for another year. Connor, welcome to the league, man. Good luck. And it's like, what are we doing? Shut the fuck here? up. Like, drop the puck. Shut <laughs> up. Like they're trying to go off the fact like it works for like the world juniors because those are kids. Like it works for that. Is that the NHL cannot make anything that is not so painfully scripted. It would be a fun Twitter thing if it was like a hot mic. That would make a Twitter clip that goes viral. You're having it on the national broadcast. The refs whose voices you never hear outside of penalty calls having themselves be broadcasted. It's just so painfully inauthentic that it falls flat every yes. time they try to do it. Yeah, Sid, welcome back for another year. It's like, shut up. Drop the we Crosby's like, it. what the fuck are we doing here, man? Just drop the puck. Like, let's call like, it they, good. They did do it last year, and it sucked. So they're like, we're going to do it in every game this time now for the first <laughs> three games of the year. I, I, did they do it in the Lightning game? Because I, I missed the first five minutes. Uh, I can't remember, honestly, if they did. Oh, my God. But, the but they, did it in, they did it in the Vegas game, and it was worse. Yeah, yeah. But not as bad as that Broncos fourth down play call right there. Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, but uh, <laughs> it, it was bad. Um, but, yeah, those games kind of stunk. Honestly, all three of those games were kind of boring. Yeah. Uh, last night was more fun just because I thought there were more teams. 
You had the Leafs come back. That was an impressive comeback from the Leafs. I thought the Canadians were going to pull that out. That that uh, game kicked ass. That was that such, game was fun. That was such a great warm up for the Abs game for me. It like it really made me feel back, like just yeah. fully and truly back. Just a true yeah. kick ass game between the Leafs and Habs, where the Habs go up two nothing, and then the Leafs go up three to two, and then the Habs go up five to three, and then Matthews with the hat trick to tie it. The only thing that sucked is it ended in a shootout, so I didn't watch the ending because I. I don't care. Dude, that game was such a world because I I bet on the Canadians money line because I listened to producer Drew. He's like, take the Canadians money. I'm like, I mean, producer Drew knows the Leafs pretty well. And it looked so good for 57 minutes of that game. You're like, this is this is great. And then Austin Matthews, credit to him, he has three goals. He was great. And credit to the Leafs. That's a game they normally lose. They battled back to get the win. Uh, Did not like the way Samsonov looked. I do not trust the Leafs defense. Uh, It's going to be rough. They had John Klingberg running power play one, which I kind of hated. Yeah. I mean, he had two points. So credit to him on the power play. But also the funniest part of that game is 10 minutes into the game, Ryan Reeves clearly boards someone and Xavier Jekai, I believe that's how you pronounce his name. I call him Wi-Fi. Arbor Jekai, Wi-Fi, drops the gloves with Reeves and absolutely bullies him. He pushes him like a shopping cart through the net and shoves him to the ground. And I... Like I was, I almost did like a spit take because I was drinking at the time. (laughs) It's just like, you gave the guy three years to intimidate people and 10 minutes in, he's getting bullied by a sophomore. Yes. Yes. That was funny. And I, Uh, I love the, the coping is like, oh, he jumped him. He, that did not happen. That straight up just did not happen. It it was a funny game. That that was a really fun game. That was probably the best game of the night. uh, Competitive wise, competitive wise. Um, And then let's talk about the, the team that we both, predicted when the president's cup president's cup president's trophy um they did not look good and that's the edmonton oilers and i literally texted you in all caps when i saw this happen they started jack campbell and they went on a full thing on sportsnet about how he won the battle between Stuart skinner in the preseason and it's like what the fuck are we talking about here man like there's no way he beat Stuart skinner and he goes out there I don't think he was as bad as the score indicated. Like the Oilers just didn't show up for this game. They no. lose eight to one and good for the Canucks. That was awesome. You had Brock Besser score four goals, which good for Brock Besser. That only increases his trade value as if that they're going to trade him. But it was so uh, funny because it was Besser scores four, who was rumored to be trade last year. And Connor Garland, who was actively shopping himself, scored the first goal. Yes. Yes. Very funny. Um, I'm not going to panic about the Oilers. It was just very funny that they thought they could sneak out that Jack Campbell would be the opening night starter, and we would all be like, okay, cool. The hilarious thing about this game, Jack Campbell and Stuart Skinner had identical stats. Yes. Completely. And, and like I said, I don't necessarily blame them. The Oilers' defense was hot garbage in this no, game. The, like, this is why like, I'm guilty of this because I said the Oilers are going to win the President's Trophy, but like, what move did they make that like half – of the panels are predicting the Oilers to win the Stanley cup. I'm not predicting the Oilers to win the Stanley cup. I said president's trophy. That is a very distinct difference. I don't understand what they did. That makes everyone so like locked in. Like, this is it. This is finally going to be their year. Campbell and Skinner is not good enough. No, it's not. It's just so funny. And the, the D court, if Matias Ekholm's your number one D you're not winning shit. And he's didn't even play like that shows how much they're reliant on Matias for a guy that got the trade deadline. He didn't play in this game and they got shellacked. Yeah, it, it, it was an ass kicking and very funny. Um, not great for my fantasy team. I had JT Miller who had four points, which was cool. But uh, 
fucking oh my god the chiefs are just running laterals on the brock this is gonna get bad sorry i'm distracted by that you can tell at the time we're recording this um but yeah the oilers i think will be fine but it was just very funny to, yeah. to see them trot trot the out Oilers that are gonna be fine but like you lose eight to one on opening night to the canucks who like where, where do we draw the line on this game to the oilers sucked and the canucks were good like where where are we drawing the line with that i think the canucks were just good I think the Oilers sucked a little bit, but you have to be good to score eight goals. And the, the Canucks were really good. Their power play looked great. Um, they ended up – did Demko get hurt or did they just pull him because – Oh, no. Demko had the flu and he threw up in his mask. Oh, shit. I didn't see that part. Yeah. So they oh, pulled him because he was trying to gut it out and did to a certain extent until his guts came out in his mask. That's awesome. I can't believe I missed that. That's hilarious. Um because I saw DeSmith and at the end, I was like, maybe they just pulled Demko to get, uh, to get like him not to get hurt. But yeah, that makes a lot of sense if he was throwing up in his mask. Yeah, I mean, he uh, played 48 minutes with the flu, so credit to him. Good for him, man. That's impressive. I can barely get off the couch when I have the flu, so that, that's a win. But uh, other than that, there's some games going on tonight. Eric Johnson, or by last night, by the time he has Eric Johnson gets his first game of the Sabres. He looks awesome, but weird at the same time in that jersey. Yeah, it's weird for sure. I mean, I. I'm just so happy it's the Sabres. Like, yes. if it had to be someone, I'm glad it's the Sabres who are kind of getting beat up by the Rangers. Yeah, it's not looking it's great. Pretty. It's not looking pretty. It's 2-0 as we stand at the moment. The Flyers are up 2-1 on the Blue Jackets. Did they take away Fantilli's first point? Because I don't oh, see Oh, they it did? Well, I don't know. Like, is... I'm so... Oh, no, I'm sorry. The NHL side is now just so bad. They know they are no longer listing assists on the main scoring page. What is this site? Such a great transition to what I actually want to talk about today. And that is complaining again about how do you fuck up a site this badly? I don't like you had a perfectly well-functioning site and you're just like, what if we took this and made it completely unusable and made the quality of life just absolute dog shit? I yeah, I cannot for the life of me understand what they were even attempting to yeah. do with this i'm figuring out the app a little bit more uh it's still bad but it's it, it it's it, it's still just atrocious it's just it's fundamentally broken where it's just yeah. honestly it does work it's just to the point where everything is so lazy we're now you don't even get the proper game stats when you click on a game because I was just trying to review stuff while I was at work today and just look at all the stats. You now, like if you go into the box score, you now have to open up game reports and go open up a link to NHL.com, <laughs> which gives you the game summary on the official game sheet to yeah. just actually see anything that happened. And if you have a team like in one of your favorites on the standings page, they will put... This is just, I don't even understand how this happens. So I have the Caps and the Abs listed as my favorite teams in the app, obviously. And because the Caps are in the Metro, I don't even know how to describe this. It's so stupid. They have the Atlantic at the top for some reason of the East, then the wild card, and then the top three in the Metro at the bottom. Oh, yeah. Mine's the same way. Who looked at this and was like, yep, this is good to go. We're ready to release this to the public. Yeah, I don't know, man. Like I'm just glad just, the central's on top. Just even something as simple as listing the time and period a goal happened on on the scores page. They don't do that anymore. Even they list. It's funny 
Oh, no, they actually don't do. They don't even list the assists on the app either. They just took yeah. away assists, time of goal, and period. And now it's just who scored the goal. Very, very bad. Very bad. But, okay. uh, like, like That's it. That's enough of my rant. But like this thing has been driving me up a wall for three days now, trying to navigate this hellhole that they just willingly created all by themselves. Yeah, I don't get it either, man. It's it's not great. It's not great. We're on the same page there. But, uh, oh, yeah, Connor Bedard scored his first goal. That was cool. Oh, really? Uh, I, I must have missed it. it, didn't, it he hasn't been everywhere for three days now. Yeah, I mean, it, it was a good goal. He got hurt at the end of the game, if I remember right. He's fine. Yeah, I watched the, the Avs game on HBO Max. It worked pretty well, other than the volume you had to have to, like, 50 to hear anything. That was weird. But other than that, I kind of liked HBO Max more than TNT. Uh, you have to enjoy it while it lasts because it only is until like December or November that they are letting you do it for free. So hopefully the apps have a couple more TNT games and we'll we'll go from there. I would certainly hope that's the case because I just want to be able to watch hockey, you know, <laughs> like it shouldn't be difficult at a certain point. But this season is fully well underway right now. And we're back, bro. We're We're back. We're, we're so, back. We're, dude, we're so bad. We've complained about the refs. We complained about the commentary team, complaining about the NHL in general. We're making fun of the Oilers. We're basically saying the Avs are going to win a cup after one game. Like, we're, it is midseason form. We're back. Right now. We're and so it would bad. just be an honest-to-God shame if you get to this end of this episode and you just all of you just tweet at Griffin happy birthday by the time you're listening to this because oh god I would just hate that for you dude see because now if I cut this out like now now you're forcing me to make it <laughs> if I'm gonna cut this out now or just leave it in and have oh it would just be such a shame if you tweeted at Griffin all day because now birthday. I have to be because now I get to make the final call <laughs> as to whether I'm leaving this in or not and I'm gonna feel stupid either way ah it'll be so funny uh, at G Uggs in HL would just be a real shame if Griffin had to spend all day tomorrow at work just responding to people wishing. <sighs> <laughs> See, that's why I didn't tell you what mine was because I knew you'd do the same shit to me if I if I did that. So it would just be a real shame, guys. It would be a real, real shame. So that's how I want to leave this episode. Let, let's send the people on their merry way, birthday. Yeah, boy. you know what? Let's do that. Let's get out of here. <laughs> so yeah, I'm gonna leave now. So. You can use promo code TELEDABS it is on SeatGeek for $20 off your first order of $50 or more. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can follow me, like Christian just so graciously listed, <laughs> at NHL. You can follow Christian at Christian underscore Blake. You know what the worst part is? Your birthday was a month ago. Correct. I can't do this. I'm going to forget. Like, Correct. I'm not going to be able to do this for 11 months. We released an episode the day of my birthday, too. Yeah. And I, and I did. <laughs> Yeah, we did that. <laughs> you don't tell me anything brother don't tell me that because i will do it like uh, yeah well the, the thing is when we started this show like i think our second episode was my birthday correct so, so it's just like oh it's my birthday day. so now you just have that yes. you know i've made the mistake of well, trusting. and you always i always know because the first caps game of the year typically is your birthday and you yeah. go to the first home game of the year yeah that usually is true but you know i made the mistake of trusting someone that i just met hey so. it's all right <laughs> whatever we're gonna wrap this one up here thank you all so very much for tuning in and we will catch you all next time we're, we're gonna be recording on monday not sunday because i still think we're recording on sundays for some reason so we'll talk to you after the sharks game but until then let's go abs